Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. There is a place in the U.S. that you absolutely have to travel to. It's got music. It's got great restaurants. It has got scenery that will literally blow your mind. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking Asheville, the other music city. 
money with Shauna Compton Games. It will expand your brain. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. We love to bring you new places to travel to, places where we really think you should put your travel dollars. And we just recently got back from Asheville, and did we not just fall in love with this place? Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually one of our favorite trips we, we've taken this year and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's a really amazing city that, and and we have that in the title that I really think it's also. Uh, the other music city next to, say, Nashville as opposed to Asheville. And a lot of times when people always, you know, uh, you say you're, you're, you're talking about Asheville, like, Nashville? No, no, Asheville, Nashville in North Carolina, you know, up in the mountains there. Yeah, it gets a little bit confusing. But, I mean, I said this in the opening, but I really think it's true that Asheville has literally almost everything that you could be looking for in a travel destination. And really for almost any traveler, there's different types of food, there's different types of music. There's definitely outdoorsy activities, inside activities. So I think it kind of runs the gamut of, of everything. Yeah. And also the last several years, the neighborhoods have really built up too. You know, we really loved exploring like West Asheville and the River Arts District. But I think it's true also too. I mean, they're, they're in the mountains located in North Carolina, not too far away from Charlotte, North Carolina. And you can kind of go any time of the year too. You know, I mean, like we're recording this obviously in August and Coming up in the fall is is a really beautiful time, you know, to to really, you know, check out Asheville as well, too. So all the year round is is really great. And our friends from Explore Asheville really gave us a lot of great places to see and, of course, do and eat and listen to. And so I, I think that's why it really, really has become our favorite uh, destination so far this year that we've, we've kind of been able to explore. Yeah. And there's everything from like luxury places to stay to budget places to stay, like everything in between. And I'm always surprised when we go travel somewhere and there really is like a wide variety of places to stay that aren't just, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to hold my tongue from like saying something negative about certain places. But but there are destinations where, you know, your your lodging options aren't very good. You either got to spend a fortune or, you know, you're you're camping out in the woods. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Asheville's got it all. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, you, you have state-of-the-art hotels. You have boutique hotels. Um, obviously, and we'll, we'll talk about it in, in a second here, is the Biltmore Stage, which is probably one of the nicest hotels uh, you know, in the country, uh, let alone in the world. Uh, but Asheville also, too, is just there's so many outdoor things to do to do in Asheville. And like I said, it could be seasonal. It could be year round too. I mean, a lot of the locals are like, no, we, we still go 
we still go hiking when it's you know cold and and such and um you know but there you all you also can do a lot of, of other out, outdoor activities, you know, during the winter, during the fall. And of course, you know, summer, everybody is outdoors and stuff and checking everything out. So, you know, I think Asheville really pretty much checks all the boxes. But but like I mentioned before, uh, we stayed in a couple different places. And one of the cool things that they have through Explore Asheville is they have these music packages. Uh, so you can go and stay at a hotel. So we, through the Doubletree Hotel, we got to stay there and you got to go see a few different shows and stuff. And they so they have different music packages like that, which is really cool to do that if, if that's what you're interested in and stuff. And then we got to stay in the Biltmore Estates for a few nights, which was really spectacular, don't you think? Yeah, it was. It was absolutely spectacular, like worth <laughs> Whatever you would need to spend to stay there, it's just stunning and the grounds are stunning and there's animals roaming around. And I mean, you really feel this sense of not only luxury, but it's it's like got this own cool little village atmosphere mm, that's yeah. hard to actually describe. It's like you're in Asheville, but you're not actually in Asheville. So it's almost like you're in a whole other world when you're staying there. Yeah. And I think, you know, people also will actually get a pass there year round to just go hiking and running and, you know, biking and all that kind of stuff like that. You could just do there on the grounds, which I think is really interesting too. On my Instagram, when we were posting pictures, when we visited there, uh, so many people can say, Oh my God, that's on my bucket list to go and stay at the Biltmore or go check out the Biltmore and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those places I always wanted to visit, but it was like, oh, wow, like everybody really kind of thinks that. So so that was like a really good kickoff uh, to, to our stay in Asheville. And one of the things we love to do whenever we're staying anywhere, obviously, is we love to eat. We yes. love to eat good food. And Asheville is not without so many different options for you to choose from. Yeah, well, I mean, I do a lot of traveling and I go to a lot of different cities and they're always saying, you know, we, we have a really great food scene or, you know, this really great food city. But I was really surprised. Uh, I, I heard about some of the places that we were going to go to and that we ended up finding as well. But I was really surprised how diverse and really interesting the food scene is in Asheville, and which really makes it a premier destination for me. I mean, there's so many things to do, but then just like, oh, wait, now there's a, a serious food scene. Obviously, they're in the South, so they have a really a lot of really great, you know, Southern cuisine. Um, but it's even way, way more than that, too. And then we found a lot of places that we love as well too um starting with putting some south in your mouth with uh our friends at biscuit head yeah it was i mean i love a good biscuit and this place was amazing you're actually going to hear from carolyn in this episode about biscuit head but uh i mean not only do they have amazing biscuits they've been featured on like every food network burgers, show yeah, and cues and, and a bunch of other ones too. Yeah. I mean, if you want a biscuit, this is the place to go. Yeah. I mean, they have a jam bar and a butter bar. Yeah. Like all was, kinds of different, you know, versions of that. It's husband and wife, uh, Jason and Carolyn Roy. they they own it. So it's a family run uh, business. And like I said, we're going to hear more from them. Uh, then we were venturing out and we found some awesome pizza places. Uh, but one of them we really liked a lot, funky pizza places with great beer and even a fortune teller, you know, that fortune teller from the movie big, um, they have a big machine there. Uh, pizza mine. That was a really great place. We, we had a lot of fun there. Yeah. That was delicious. Yeah. That's good. That's, but not only that, it's a really cool place to maybe go catch a game as well too and stuff, but probably one of the best meals we've had in a long time in any city 
which is one of your favorites, right? Yes, Curate. It uh, is like a Spanish tapas bar and it's the brainchild uh, of chef and owner Katie Button. And I mean, tapas and sangria and, you know, the the ham there, the ham leg there where they're shaving the prosciutto and yeah. the meat. It was just delicious. I think we spent like three hours or something ridiculous there, they just but it was worth it. They just food after food. I mean, they, I mean, we really appreciated everything they did. And uh, I've never had white sangria like that before. I mean, I've had good ones, but like that one's so spectacular. And I tried to recreate it, but maybe not as good as, good as this. Yeah, if I you're going to... If you're going to blow your budget in Asheville on yeah. one meal, you're yeah. going to blow it at Curate. That's where you want to blow it because it is worth every penny. Yeah, exactly. And when, one of the one of the interesting surprises that we found that we were treated to a really awesome lunch uh, was our friends at Oxbar. Um, and it's one of the newest restaurants in, in Asheville. And it's a really cool, um, interesting story. We're going to hear from Chef Mike, who is one of the co-owners and head chefs there. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about their punk rock uh you know, themed restaurant, essentially, you know, it's, it's a place that you walk into the soundtrack has like the clash and the Ramones, David Bowie and whatever, and stuff like that. And, and even the table next to us, I mean, they kept bringing us food too. They have like seriously great burgers and they have really great grits and all kinds of different things like that. And speaking of the grits, the table next to us, I overheard the lady say, these are the greatest grits known to man. And I told uh, Mike that and he's like, okay, that's exactly what we're going for. Yeah. And the cool thing I think, though, is Asheville is just not known for grits and biscuits. There's also a lot of interesting food from different cultures there, a lot of like Asian type mm -hmm. food. And we found a couple of places as well that had like a really good vibe, uh, you know, sort of Asian flair with a twist. There's Ben's Tune Up, which is like sake, beer and great food. And Gan Shan Station. Gan I'm Station, probably yeah. not yeah. pronouncing yeah, like that Gan right. Station, but yeah. uh, So there's lots of different types of food there that you can enjoy. It's not just in Southern classics. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of the interesting things too, like we mentioned the, the different neighborhoods, the River Arts District is just this amazing spread out, you know, artist colony, if you will, of artist studios, you know, where you can, you can go buy things, you can go check things out and go to galleries and whatnot. But then they also have, you know, they have a coffee place that is, is, is fun to hang out, a wine bar that's fun to hang out. Then, of course, our friends at Wedge Brewery, that's where they're located. And they're actually one of the founders of the funky scene in the River Arts District, too. It's just a really big bunch of, you know, warehouses that is there is, you know, art and graffiti all over these buildings, which is really cool and really interesting. Uh, and I really loved, you know, hanging out at Wedge Brewery. I mean, that's a place where you can bring your dog, you know, have a beer. They they have food trucks a lot and they have a lot of music and stuff like that. So we really love that. And one of the places I got to check out in the River Arts District, which is in the same building as uh, Wedge Brewery, is 12 Bones Barbecue, which is so good. I really want to go back there and keep trying more and more things. And I mean, it's such a popular place. It's, it's a place where President Obama actually went and says it's one of his favorite restaurants. Yeah, it's just a really cool area. And even I liked the beer at Wedge Brewery, and I do not like beer at all. So that is definitely saying something, a really uh, vote you're, for, you're, for Wedge you're Brewery. Getting to know, you're getting to know a little bit more beers uh, that sometimes you find. So it's not it's not your go-to drink, but sometimes you'll you'll find some places and stuff. So That is true. The other person we're going to talk to is Graham Sharp, uh, who is uh, one of the founders of the Steep Canyon Rangers. They're currently on, on the road right now with Steve Martin and Martin Shorten and their live show. He's going to talk about the brewery scene. This brewery scene in Asheville 
really is up there with like places like Portland and Seattle and stuff like that. It's really great craft brew scene. We got to take a tour of Wicked Weed Brewery. Uh, don't uh, say that 10 times fast, um, which is legendary in the Asheville beer making scene. And uh, we really loved our tour is really totally interesting and stuff. Uh, French Broad Brewery is also a really great uh beer place where you can also catch some, uh, you know, gothic folk music, if you will, at times. Right. So, I mean, there's so much music, there's so much food, there's just so much to do in Asheville. So we're really excited to be able to bring these different perspectives to you so you can get a really good glimpse of you know, what Asheville's all about. Yeah, exactly. Some of the places we've got to check out some music too. You know, they have a drum circle on every Friday night from April uh, through October that people can come and check out. And be and also be a participant. Isis Music Hall is this old uh, building that they kind of converted into a music hall. It used to be a, a theater. Um, and it's a family-run business that has that has a restaurant that we got to check out. We got to check out the Folk Grateful Dead, which is or their I'm sorry, the Grass is Dead, which is a Folk Grateful Dead band. But they also have music on the lawn there, which is really fun and stuff like that. And then we went to the other legendary music place is uh, the Orange Peel, which you know Rolling Stone named one of the best music venues in the country. You know, uh, upcoming acts you know there at the Orange Peel is going to be. Uh, first aid kit, car seat, headrest, and uh, the milk carton kids are coming up soon there and stuff like that. But there's also a, lot, a few other places like the Great Eagle, the, uh, Ambrose West, Jack of the Woods that we got to see live music there. And w- we just had a blast. So, yeah. So that was, you know, kind of our our take on, on Asheville. So now we're going to talk to a few of uh, the locals who really love it and call Asheville home these days as well. First, we're talking with Graham Sharp, who is the banjo vocals and founding member of the Steep Canyon Rangers, which is a local great folk music band and who are opening for Steve Martin and Martin Short on their live shows right now, currently on the road. So he's going to talk about what draws people to Asheville. Uh, of course, you got to talk to a musician about the great music scene there and the amazing beer scene that is in Asheville. It draws I think, you know, in a, in a couple different fronts, you know, like for us, it was not just the the kind of the state of like the arts and things like that in town. You know, I mean, that was the traditional music was a big part of, of why we came up here. But, you know, like I say, it's also kind of outdoors and, and the access to the, to the outdoors you have here. I mean, days like Asheville is renowned for its restaurants and breweries and stuff like that. But, I mean, at the time, there was really... None of that, um, you know, that, that stuff was just getting off the ground. So, you know, it's been neat to see the, to, the city kind of develop in that way. And, you know, that's brought in a, a whole new uh, crop of like really creative people as well. So I think it's just kind of compounded, compounded on all that. But, uh, you know, Asheville's had a pretty cool history as far as forward thinkers and, you know, just really creative types who, for one reason or another, decided that these mountains have something to have something to say to them you know well yeah and and you mentioned the, the music scene uh as well too i that's one of the things i really loved about it it's it's so diverse and there's so many different types of, of music uh these days happening in Asheville. tell us a little bit about the music scene and, and what you've kind of seen and grow there for the uh, the past several years you know when i was first moving here the the, the music scene was was you know very uh start off with there were no really major you know what what we would consider like a, a real major venue in town that, that did anything consistently so pretty much all the music was really um really kind of hyper for local 
and there weren't, you know, weren't a, a whole lot of touring bands that lived in Asheville and, and worked at Asheville. There was, um, you know, a few, there was one band in particular called the Blue Rags that was kind of, I mean, they were Americana music, I guess, before that term was ever invented. And, uh, they were sort of kind of local heroes and, and carried the banner of this town a good way. So, you know, there were people like that we looked up to. And then there were also just sort of these really, uh, all the traditional players. You know, there's the shindig on the green, which takes place kind of on Saturday night, summer downtown. And uh, traditional players from, you know, all over the mountains just kind of show up and gather there. So that was really a hallmark of the, of the, of the scene at that time. And now it's really grown to where, you know, there's there's big national acts who come through town, whether it's to play at the venues or, you know, we've got a couple really world-class recording studios here that Nashville artists will come to Asheville to record, you know, rather than making their music on Music Row and stuff. And, uh, you know, big bands from all over the country make records in Asheville now. So that's a, definitely a big change. Yeah, I know one of my favorite bands, Dawes. Yeah, they made a, a, an album there a couple of years ago, and 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 I talked to them about it, and they they really loved that a lot. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. I mean, you know, I think uh, as a place to kind of get out of a normal chipper, uh, you know, it's not New York, it's not Nashville or or L.A. It's got its own sort of pace to it. You know, I think that attracts a lot of people. You know, as far as that goes, but uh, you know, the music the music scene is. You know, the longer we've been here, I think the more we've kind of recognized the diversity of it. You know, like I say, we were really into the sort of traditional end of things um, initially. But, uh, I mean, there's just just about, you know, just about every every kind of music is well represented here, I'd say. What are uh, what are some of the places you'd like to go listen to music there? You know, I, I've always loved uh, the Grey Eagle. It's kind of been, kind of been the, uh, the standard place you know i mean it's just had great music there for for so long i love um you know i love some of the the outdoor uh venues like uh pisgah is a great outdoor venue you know where you can go and uh you know catch a catch a pretty big show um you know bands that play for two three four thousand people have a have big shows at places like that so uh, and then there's you know kind of places like uh one right near where i live is the moth light mm which is really, you know, just like a, a smaller, sort of more intimate place where, you know, you can take a chance on stuff. And, you know, they have a lot of things that maybe you've never even heard of, but it's the kind of place where you can just sort of take a chance on it sometimes, you know. So, you know, the ISIS is also mm-hmm. right in my neighborhood, and that's that's great for mm-hmm. traditional music as well. So I tend to, uh, I don't know, I, I tend to stay away from the, uh, the really big shows here mm-hmm. in town just because I kind of keep, I don't know. I tend to just when I get home, I, I like to stay at home a lot as well. As somebody who travels a lot, I spend a lot of the time around the house, so don't get out quite as much as I'd like. But I'm going to let's see. I think on Thursday night we're going to Thomas Wolf Auditorium. It's mm. one of the big uh, Civic Auditorium. You're going to see a show there on Thursday, and got to take it go back there again. Uh, I guess on Mother's Day, hmm. uh, I'm going to see Brandy Carlisle there. So. Oh yeah, um, that's 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 gonna be a good show. Yeah. It's gonna be a great show. Yeah, so um, and it's cool, you know, you've got to see, you get to see an artist like that, like come up, come up through mm-hmm. uh, town. I know the first time I heard her was on our uh, you know local radio station uh, WNCW, 
I remember hearing her for the first time, you know, some years ago and blew my mind and started off with this kind of coming through the small and medium-sized clubs, and now she's playing one of the big rooms in town, and I know her tickets went fast. So, yeah, a lot of music lovers around here, that's for sure. Yeah, we caught, we caught a show uh, at, the, at the ISIS while we were in town, and then just right there on the lawn, you know, there's 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 another band just hanging out, and you know, on on a Friday night, and people are just hanging out, and you know, with their kids and and drinking beer and stuff like that. And that was that's in, what I really loved about Asheville was the neighborhoods. Now, like like West Asheville is is a really cool yeah. a really cool area. Have and how how have you kind of seen that that neighborhood kind of grow for the past few years? I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, when I first moved over here, there was there was not a music venue. I mean, the Gray Eagle was kind of like bordering on West Asheville, but right. it's really kind of what they call the River District now. But there was really nothing in West Asheville as far as music goes. And now, you know, they just opened up a new listening room down the road um, called Ambrose West. <laughs> yeah, 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 we went there And as then well. there's like... Okay, and then like right across the street from that is the Double Crown, and the Double Crown just like little dive bar, and on random Monday nights they'll have the owner just loves uh, like gospel music, so they'll have these gospel bands come in from you know whether it's like down in South Carolina or whatever you've never heard of them, but you know I've never heard of any of them. We go see, but they can just sing and play, and it's so soulful. It's just this random Monday night thing. At the at the dive bar, um, and then of course there's, like I said, uh, the moth light right there. So there were, there's one place where my wife and I go, and we don't want to run into anybody we know. And <laughs> what is that place? Uh, oh, the um, the auditorium. It's a great little place. It's like so random, and like, and there's always people in there, like you know, checking out the music, and it's like you know, experimental, and it's like kind of heavy, you know, and not normally my cup of tea, but, uh, you know, there's always people in there, uh, for it. And it's just, you know, it's just like a little bit of, a little bit of something for everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so, uh, we, we, before we, we started this interview, we talked about, uh, the, the great beer scene it is in, in Asheville and, you know, and, and I've been to a lot of beer cities like Portland and stuff like that, but Asheville, yeah. Asheville is really beer city. I I think now. I mean, I I'm gonna crown mm-hmm. that as beer. Is, there's so All many right. so many cool just hangouts. I think. What what are, where where are some of the places like you know that people have to try beer wise? I mean, even even this even if you go outside of the city to Sierra Nevada, even though that's like the Disneyland of beers, sure. that is an awesome place as well too. But what what are some of the go to places that you think people should really you know check out in in beer city in Asheville? I love the Wedge. I've always loved the Wedge. It's been one of my favorite places for a long time. Great beer. You know, it's the kind of place where you can't really get much of their beer unless you go, uh, you know, there's just a handful of places that have it on tap in town, but you kind of got to go there to get it. I love the Wedge. I've always liked uh, Wicked Weeds beer. I think they make great beer. Highlands is kind of like the original, one of the original breweries in town, along with Green Man. But um, Highlands also has, like, a big stage out there where they do stuff. So, you know, where else in, in town? There's just too many. There's just, I can't keep up with them, you know? Like, there's a great, like, cider, couple great, several great, like, cideries, cider makers. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> where, you, where you can, like, you know, just, like, and then, like, you walk across the street from the cider place, and there's, like, a handmade donut shop. I mean, it's just a, kind of a garden of delights, you know? Want to get in shape, but you don't know where to start? I was right there with you. 
But I've been using Beachbody On Demand for well over a year now because I just wanted to be able to work out at home and when I travel, but also have access to workouts at any time during the day from my computer, my phone, really any device. And of course, I wanted something that was affordable. I've been doing the 21 Day Fix program with Autumn and I love it. I'm getting in shape. I have a ton more energy and I just, I love the challenge. So you may have heard of some of Beachbody brands like P90X, Insanity, and Three Week Yoga Retreat, which is also a favorite of mine to totally de-stress. But they have workouts for any level and they range from 10 minutes to over an hour. And the cool thing is you just don't need to work out for an hour a day to see results. So it's so great to have a variety of options. It's not just workouts too. Beachbody has a ton of nutritional content and workout guides. So it's like your one-stop shop for health and fitness goals. I'd love you to try Beachbody and just see for yourself. Get your body in shape for the fall with me so we can totally be rocking out all those goals we want to achieve. Whether you're a serious athlete and you're looking for some new workouts or you're just starting out, you need to give Beachbody On Demand a try. Right now, my listeners can get a free trial membership when you text my money, no spaces, to 303030. You'll get full access to the entire platform, free workouts, nutritional information, and support for free. Just text my money, no spaces to 303030. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. 
And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we're going to talk to Carolyn Roy, who is one half of the team that owns Biscuit Head. Her and her husband are the owners of Biscuit Head. And she shared all about what it was like to start a business, a biscuit business at that, in Asheville, and what she loves about the city, some of her favorite neighborhoods, and then, of course, what she likes to do on her day off. My husband and I have always worked in restaurants forever, and we met in a restaurant. And so we always talked about wanting to open our own place pretty much since we met each other. And so it's just an idea that kind of evolved over time. Um, My husband's from Georgia, and so he grew up making biscuits with his mom and grandma, and it was a big part of the culture. And, um, And we knew we wanted to do breakfast, so Asheville has a lot of really great breakfast restaurants, but they're really busy. There's not enough of them, or there wasn't. So you would have a really long wait, even on a weekday at some of them. So the idea was, 
you know, we want it to be fast, counter service, people can get in and out, and everything kind of based around the biscuits, which is a staple, southern staple, and you can do almost anything with it, so... Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So when you were thinking about like, you know, all these kind of different factors that you wanted for the restaurant, was it like an immediate, okay, we're going to do biscuits? Or did it take you a while to kind of get to that concept? It took a little while. I mean, we it, it was pretty organic. I mean, we were working in other restaurants and learning things as we went. But the, the biscuit idea... Yeah, I don't know exactly how that popped into <laughs> our heads, but it kind of popped into both of our heads individually. And we're like, yeah, that's definitely it. And it's just such a versatile thing. I mean, it's you can do anything with it. It's a great base for everything. Or you can eat it, you know, all on its own. So equally as good any way you serve it. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got some, you know, when we ate at your restaurant, you've got some like really quirky, cool um, features about the restaurant. You know, you've got your jam and butter bar, which I was a huge fan of. And you've got this kind of like theme throughout your restaurants of, uh, you call them cat head sized biscuits. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you came up with those like different um, kind of interesting quirks or concepts to, you know, infuse into yeah. the restaurant. Well, the cat head biscuit is actually an old Southern term. And so it's very regional. Not everyone in the South uses it. But um, in pockets of the South, that's what people would call them, the big drop style biscuits like we make. And so that's the type of biscuit we're making. So the cat theme kind of came along <laughs> with that. My husband also doesn't love cats. So it became kind of like a funny joke to just keep more and more cat stuff in the restaurant and drive him crazy. <laughs> um, I think I'm slowly turning him. I think he's starting to like the cats, but. <laughs> but you're not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> he's getting there. So, yeah, that was kind of where that came from. And it was kind of natural with the cat head biscuit. And then the jam and butter bar is definitely one of the most fun spots and unique to us. I mean, we've seen other people try to do little things like that, but I don't think anybody has the variety of flavors and options that we do. We love condiments and having like lots of little things to taste. And so that's where that came from. And also seeing... In Asheville and around the South, the Mexican restaurants all have salsa bars, which mm, we haven't yeah. seen before. And so that's kind of where we got the idea of, you know, breakfasty condiments that would go with biscuits. And then we make all kinds of awesome homemade hot sauce as well. So lots of options. So borrowing a little bit from all different places that you love. That's great. Um, yeah, so definitely. For people who've never been to Asheville, it's one of those places that's a little hard to describe because it really is kind of like an anom anomaly in the in the state of North Carolina. Tell me a little bit about, you know, why you think Asheville is such a cool place to be, kind of what's going on with the food scene there, and, and maybe like why you guys thought, you know, this restaurant would work perfectly in Asheville. Well, Asheville is such a, it is a little bubble of its own unique, like, it's not it's not like the other places around, for sure. It's more like Boulder, Colorado, or Eugene, Oregon. Very vibrant art scene and food scene, and it's a destination. So a lot of people who live here have chosen to live here, which I think 
makes people happier and um, makes it a really fun place to live. So we loved it right away when we came out here. Yeah, we we knew it would be a good spot just because all the breakfast restaurants have done so well. People are really into the food scene. There's so many new fun places popping up all the time. And the community gets really excited about it. So when a new place opens, everybody wants to go try it and check it out. So we were very fortunate in uh, in choosing Asheville, for sure. Yeah, and I think the cool thing is, you know, Asheville's fairly small. I mean, I'm from Los Angeles, so, you know, everything is small yeah. in comparison. But, you yeah. know, it, it has these kind of like funky each neighborhood like kind of has its own feel. Are there particular neighborhoods that you guys like hanging out in? And, uh, you know, can you feel living there like these areas have different, um, like different feels to them? Yeah, definitely. And they've changed. I mean, we've been here for 10 years and, and the amount of change that's taken place in that time is crazy. But I think one of my favorite places to hang out is the River Arts District or the RAD, they call it. It's really cool. It's just all filled with artists, community, lots of great restaurants and breweries and little shops. And it's all by the river. There's amazing graffiti and art on almost everything, which is so cool. Something that you get used to when you live in Asheville, when you go to other towns, it's definitely a void. You don't see that. (laughs) just everywhere. So that's one of the things that I love. But yeah, the River Arts District. And we love West Asheville, where we opened our first location as well. Just really fun neighborhood feel, but lots of fun things to do as well. Yeah, it's funny you talk about the graffiti, because I think normally when you say graffiti to people, they're like, what? I don't want to go, you know, someplace where there's a ton of graffiti, but it really, it's like artwork in the city. And it's it's another element that's like, it pretty hard to explain, but it, it makes the city, it sort of is part of the funkiness that, you know, is going on yeah. in, in Asheville. It's everywhere. I mean, downtown, it's in all the neighborhoods and it's beautifully done. I mean, we have some incredible artists in town. And so, yeah, it really, it really adds to the city, I think. So, you know, there's this kind of whole, I mean, just, you know, worldwide revolution or evolution, if you will, with food. I mean, with the Food Network channels and just everything, you know, my Instagram is just like loaded with people, you know, and their recipes or their food. (laughs) So it's like food is definitely this this thing. I think it's cool because I love I love to cook. I'm just curious, though, you know. Like, what do you think if if somebody's listening and and they have this kind of like grand idea of opening even a small restaurant? What what do you think are the you know like the best perks of running a restaurant? Maybe the hardest parts of running a restaurant? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a lot of hard work, and I think one of the big advantages that my husband and I had was working in restaurants forever and working every station you know, dishwasher, busser, server, bartender, line cook, everything. And so, and working at a variety of restaurants, you just really learn what works and what doesn't work. And so I think that was a huge advantage to us. So for somebody opening a restaurant, I think that is important as having some experience. There are people without it who succeed, but I think it's a lot harder to do. And I think that the hardest part about it is, you know, you're going to be constantly inundated with 
just issues. There's always <laughs> going to be something, a broken piece of equipment, um, somebody didn't show up for work, you know, a customer's upset or, you know, I mean, anything you could think of. We've had so many crazy things happen over the years now and you learn to deal with them. But sometimes, sometimes if a lot of them happen at one time, it can get overwhelming for sure. But is it is it still worth it at the end of the day? Oh, yeah, we love it. I mean, you have to be able to thrive in chaos to be in the restaurant world. And, you know, my husband and I both do. We like having so many things to do that if you have one more thing, you're going to lose it. And then you have like 10 more things to do. (laughs) So that's that's good for us. So if you like that, then restaurant industry is for you. The awesome (laughs) thing is you guys are, you guys are still married. Like you, you do it every day and you're still together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We still get along too. I mean, most of the time. Right. Of course. Well, you know, that's, (laughs) that's only natural. So if somebody (laughs) was coming to Biscuit Head, you know, what are a couple of like your staple, you know, items on the menu that, that people love? Well, the mimosa chicken biscuit is definitely a favorite. So we brine. It's hormone and antibiotic-free chicken from um, North Carolina. We brine it in champagne and orange juice and spices overnight. And then um, dredge and fry it. So it's just really flavorful and delicious. And then that goes um, inside of a biscuit with sriracha slaw a little sweet potato chai butter on top and a poached egg. And so that one people love. That's our most popular for sure. You can't really beat fried chicken. I mean, it's it pretty much beats everything. So, And then the gravy flight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the gravy flight's really good too. So if you can't make up your mind, that's a fun one to share. You can get, we have seven different kinds of gravies every day. One is a special that always changes. So if you're indecisive, that's a great one to get as well. Okay, now I'm hungry. <laughs> you need to you need to teleport teleport one of those um, directly uh, directly over the phone. Um, okay, so last question. You know, Asheville is like we've talked about this really funky, unique place, and fall is one of the I think kind of the best times to visit Asheville. What would be like a perfect fall day for you and your husband? What would you be doing or where would you be going? We would probably want to be doing something outside. I mean, like you said, it's it's beautiful here in the fall. We have the Blue Ridge Mountains and we have a lot of gorgeous lakes and waterfalls. And so, you know, going on a hike or going out to a lake and just enjoying the beautiful weather and scenery. I mean, that's pretty much Anytime we can do that, we're happy to fall or not. Okay, and to wrap up our tour of Asheville, we talk with Chef Mike Moore, who's the chef and co-owner of Oxbar, and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, you know the different people in the different neighborhoods around Asheville. His brand new restaurant, brand new as when we were there, so it's it's one of the newest restaurants um, and hottest restaurants in Asheville right now. And he's going to tell us a little bit about the underground music scene that people may or may not know about, which is really cool. Nashville was a very different place back then. Um, there was only like literally five great restaurants here at the time, good restaurants here at the time. And, you know, I, um, I ended up working in a hotel for a little while and just 
couldn't dig with the corporate scene, you know, so I wanted to work more in an independent restaurant because I worked in a lot of independent places in California. You know, that's kind of how we landed here. It was just kind of a roll of the dice kind of thing. I had never lived in Nashville before. And it was, you know, it was nothing like it is now. Asheville has, has really expanded its horizons and blown up in terms of food scene, the beer scene, uh, and, you know, and even music and stuff like that now and stuff. So it was, it, I'm lucky, you know, I, I've seen Asheville through a lot of change. Um, but, you know, and I've been a part of that change uh, for the most part uh, for the past, you know, 14 years. I love it here, you know, but I'm chomping at the bit to get back to Cali. You know, I, I went back last summer <clears throat> to L.A. I went to a show in San Bernardino. We stayed in L.A. for, for about a week and I had the best time. You know, I love the food in L.A. I love the culture and the music. And my wife and I are trying to get back uh to Northern California, hopefully either this year or next year with the kids and sort of retrace our footsteps, you know? Yeah, exactly. Why, why, why do you think that, that, uh, I mean, the, the beer scene, the food scene so much and, and the music scene in Asheville, why do you think that has really become a hotspot for not only people to visit there, but also to, to, to move to the area as well? What, what has kind of been the, 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 the idea behind the city of, of it growing like that? Well, you know, there's there's a, there's so much to be said for the beauty here in Asheville. You know, we're here in the in this sort of um, this sort of plateau in uh, around the southern Appalachian Mountains, and Asheville sort of is nestled in this plateau. And there's there's just some incredible scenery all around us. And you know, we're a stone's throw away to waterfalls and hiking trails like you wouldn't believe. And just the natural wonders around us are just amazing. I mean, they're really something to behold. And you know, I think that there's there's that here, but there's also there's a great sense of just sort of like independence and liberty here in Asheville among the people who flock here, you know, that you don't necessarily find, in my opinion, anywhere else in the state. I know I wouldn't, you know, 14 years ago, I, I, I did not want to go back to Raleigh. I didn't want to go back to the Triangle. <clears throat> and, and, you know, you, you kind of have that sensibility here, this, that kind of mentality here that is, uh, in my opinion, enriching. And also, you know, it leads to having uh, sort of open-mindedness and, and, and having sort of a, uh, you know, a place where young people actually want to live and, and be together, you know. So that's very important in terms of uh, creating any kind of a great scene, whether it be food or music or beer or what have you, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you kind of really get that uh, vibe all through the city and stuff. And, and one of the, the, the pleasant surprises uh, that we discovered was your awesome new brand new restaurant, really, Ox Bar. And it's it's really cool. Not only that, that you guys do a really great job in there, but I also really like the theme of the punk rock kind of theme. I mean, your bathrooms are <laughs> awesome. I mean, it feels like you're in a CD, a CD punk bar, but <laughs> it's, it's really cool and stuff like that. And you just you guys do a really great job with the food. Tell us a little bit about the the music scene there, and and just also too that it's it's more diverse than I think people really kind of think. I mean, there's punk rock and you know to, to country to bluegrass to to indie music and stuff, right? It is. It's very diverse here, and I think that's awesome. You know, the diversification here I think is one of the gems that makes this place what it is. And you know, um, there is a great music scene, and there's always been sort of an underground music scene. There's been an underground punk scene, and I think that's very healthy. Um, you know, anywhere. Um, I, I particularly, I, I grew up, you know, listening to punk and metal and my partner, Steve, uh, you know, he, uh, 10 years ago, he had like a four foot mohawk that was uh, color blue. <laughs> so that's where, you know, honestly, that's where that interpretation comes from. What we love about Oxbar is the fact that, you know, we can express ourselves and, uh, you know, that we can do that here and in our, in our restaurant with the food, with the, with the cocktails, with the, with, with everything, you know, with the music, with the programming. And uh, it makes it really cool. But 
Another thing about it is this spot uh, where we are at 68 Lexington, North Lexington Avenue, at one time, you know, for almost 15 years, there was a, a coffee bar that was almost, there was also a, a punk venue uh, here. It was called Vincent's Ear, and it's actually where our catering kitchens are, the blind pig kitchens are in the back behind the restaurant. <clears throat> and Vincent's Ear has got a huge reputation here back in the 90s uh, and into the early 2000s. Vincent's Ear was known as, you know, just one of the one of the best venues in town where you could go and find really great music and, and they had food and it just, you know, it was just, it was, it's what makes uh, the roots of a, of a, of a great place and a great city, you know, and Vincent's here, you know, just, they kind of hold that reputation. And unfortunately they, they closed, they lost their lease and, um, and there was a lot of people pretty upset about it and it went dormant for a long, long, long time. And when we were called to kind of look at the spot back in last fall, we knew the history of Vincent's here and we, you know, Steve and I coming from our background, we knew what we wanted to do there. So it just, it just feels right. And it felt natural. And, you know, we, we want to kind of bring back some of that spirit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. And and one of the things I think a, a testimony to you guys that the food is so good that there, uh, and it's a really hard market right now because there's so many great restaurants opening and have opened in the last several years uh, in Asheville. Um, but tell us a little bit about Ox Bar. But but when we were there, one of one of the compliments that that we were sitting next to a couple who was eating and, and they they had never they talked about never have been there yet. And I think she had the the shrimp and grits, and she's like, "These are, uh, quote, uh, the greatest grits known to man." <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> all right, so there you go. That that's how good this is. So tell us a little bit about the Ox Bar and why you guys opened it. Um, you know, do, you kind of thought like this is going to work here in, in Asheville. Yeah, well, you know, Steve and I, we've been cooking here for about the same time. You know, he's a California native, and I'm I'm an Eastern North Carolina native, and it's funny because. You know, his repertoire is is doing, you know, Southern food and Southern food really well. And, you know, my repertoire is, is Southern food as well. But like I, I'm, I'm big on sort of like bringing in a little bit more of a California influence into the cuisine. So I think it melds and meshes really well. We've been we've been good friends for a long time. And, you know, as chefs, you know, we've we've had our ups and downs and our successes and failures with other concepts and things. So this is sort of like this is the first truly collaborative uh, a restaurant where you have two chefs that have their own individual followings and their own individual histories kind of come together and collaborate in one spot in one space. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big a believer in collaboration and, and a big believer in, um, you know, being a part of a great team. And, and uh, that's kind of the spirit of what the Blind Pig is, which is the supper club that we started seven years ago. Uh, Steve's been a big proponent of the Blind Pig and he's uh, been you know, uh, an assistant director in the triangle with doing a lot of pop-up dinners and, and, uh, he and I just work really well together and we have a great energy together. And, uh, and Oxbar is the spirit of that. You know, it's, it's two chefs, uh, combining their, their, uh, their mental repertoires in the food and cooking with the, the best ingredients, the greatest ingredients we can find. And, and it's, it's comfort food, just a little bit elevated, but you'll go in and you'll be able to, you know, you'll have anything from sear foie gras on the menu to a really great burger. You know, it's, it's very much no pretense and that's our food on the plate and the spirit by which we believe in. And, and, uh, I think that's the magic of what makes it work, you know? Yeah, you know, and, and and you're speaking of your burger, and we're gigantic burger fans, and and it was like it was like we we're sitting in your backyard, and you made us a burger. I mean, it was just it was That's like awesome. it, it was that that good, and that you know, it kind of <laughs> felt that that way in, in the the atmosphere and stuff like that. And 
one of the things I liked about your your restaurant, where that is too, and and Asheville is kind of Asheville's starting to get a little bit more neighborhoody. Where like West Asheville is really cool, a downtown area in the River Arts District, and you guys are in. Are, are, do they call it the Lexington neighborhood? Yeah, it's like the Lexington corridor downtown. This avenue, Lexington, has been here forever, and you know it's always been um, sort of the main. I guess you could say one of the main veins of downtown. You know, 20 years ago, you would find nothing, but uh, it was the red light district, so you'd find crack and prostitutes here, <laughs> you know. So it's definitely had its history, as as all neighborhoods do. But at, at least for the past 15 years, Lexington Avenue has been one of the main thoroughfares downtown. Uh, and, you know, the buildings and the street itself is, is really, really old. It's got a lot of history here. There's brick here and buildings here that are built in the early 1900s. And, you know, what's the cool thing about our patio is it, it overlooks a huge sign on the other building adjacent, which is a part of our patio scene. It's a Coca-Cola sign that was painted on the walls in 1922, you know. So it's really cool. We love the history here, and we love how the neighborhood has changed. And you're right, neighborhoods in Asheville are are starting to pop and you're starting to see them kind of divided now into certain sectors and sex and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, it's really cool to see Asheville grow the way that it has. It's, it's become, um, it's become a place that was strictly tourist, a tourist buzz for, for four to five months out of the year to sort of a thriving, uh, metropolis for an independent spirit. And, uh, lots of independent businesses do well here and startups and stuff like that. And it's, uh, you have a younger you have a younger scene here, which is which in my opinion is very healthy anywhere, you know. Well, why do you think that the restaurant scene has kind of, you know, uh, really grown in the last uh, several years in Asheville? What 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 is attracting chefs uh, to either come there or come back there? Well, you know, I think it started with some of the some of the forefathers of food here, the cuisine here. I, I just left lunch at Rhubarb, John, one of John Fleer's restaurants here with Mark Rosenstein, and both John and Mark are literally the, the considered, no disrespect to their age, but they're considered sort of the godfathers of, of some of the food and cuisine in this part, you know. And I think it started 30 or 40 years ago with actually serving food that was foraged and fresh and, and, and excellent of excellent quality, built upon that for years and years. Um, but now I think in the past 15 years, as long as I've been a part of the food scene, and I think I speak for a lot of other chefs that are my age, 40 or so. You know, as long as we've cooked here, there has been, um, a, you know, a, just a, a great sense of being able to, to cook what you want to cook on the plate, you know, cook what you know. And there's a lot to be said for that. You know, sometimes when you're a cook and you're, you're going through the kitchens, you kind of struggle with cooking someone else's food or you kind of have to stay within the parameters of a very safe box as if you were in a country club or what have you. And, you know, Asheville has this bubble over it to where people who come here and who dine here, you know, the food scene now has been um, is, is to the point where it's wise enough to, you know, people will actually eat outside of the box here. And, you know, for a cook who, you know, that's a very mundane job being a chef and cooking the same thing over and over to be able to have someone truly trust you and you can put what you want on the plate uh, and then gather the ingredients and <clears throat> how it changes with the season and, it's just great to be able to cook inside of that mentality and bubble and to have people who come here that can appreciate uh, a little bit more of an adventurous palate. That's why I'm here. You know, I have cooked outside of the Asheville bubble and it's no fun. Believe me. 
<laughs> right. And and that's that's what it sort of feels like. It sort of feels like that that spirit of of, of people kind of doing their own thing and, and whatever. And like even down to where like we were just talking, comparing it to, to L.A. and stuff like that. There's so many different even pizza places. You're like, oh, this is like but really fun, like cool pizza joints that you can hang out and have really great beer and really great pizza, you know, and, and your, your ox bar is kind of that way too, uh, with, you know, with so many different, uh, diverse, uh, menu and stuff like that. So it's really exciting to see that in Nashville. So last question, last question I have for you just real quick is such, such a great music scene. Where's your go-to place that, that you really like going, hanging out and going and seeing a show there? Well, you know, like I said, there's 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 the music scene here, and then there's also the underground scene, which I think the underground scene is what makes the music scene healthy, and it kind of gives it its buzz and its vibe. And, you know, there's a lot of basements in West Asheville for years now, I'm talking 10 or 15 years, where there's been, you know, underground punk shows that have happened and continue to happen. And that's that's amazing, and that's awesome, because that is non-existent in a lot of, in a lot of places and cities. Uh, and it does well for our scenes. We've got the great A venues like the Orange Peel who bring in the big artists, which is awesome. But what's even better to me, in my opinion, that we've got music venues now that are not necessarily the, the great A venues, but they bring in like, you know, they're smaller venues and they bring in they bring in the bands and the acts that don't necessarily aren't, aren't the big ticket items yet, perhaps. You know what I'm saying? We've got Fred's. We've got <clears throat> Mr. Moth Lights over there on, in West Asheville. We've got a couple of record shops <clears throat> right here on Lexington Avenue that, you know, actually have some great live performances with, you know, they're coming in and recording and cutting records and stuff like that. So, yeah, our, our music scene here is, is, is a lot to behold, you know, you, you, and it's not, it's not just your typical standard bluegrass, which is you know, no disrespect to bluegrass because I love that genre, uh, which is from this area and this region. But, you know, you, you have a, a wide eclectic mix of different genres here between bluegrass and, and uh, lots of soul and funk and great DJs, but as well as uh, awesome punk and even, even, your, even thrash metal still kind of lives here, which is, in my opinion, you know, I'm real proud of that. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of Millennial Money. We'll be back on Tuesday with a fresh episode for you to check out. In the meantime, if you love this podcast, love this episode, and have found value in the content we share with you, I totally appreciate it if you do me a favor, head on over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. I promise to be your BFF for life. Standing in front of